Hello and welcome to Baylor Connections, a conversation series with the people shaping our future. Each week we go in depth with Baylor leaders, professors, and more discussing important topics in higher education, research, and student life. I'm Derek Smith, and as an academic year comes to a close, we visit with Baylor University President, Dr. Linda Livingstone. Commencement is uh, concluded. The academic year is in the books, and now we get a chance to look back and look ahead as well. President Livingstone, thanks so much for taking the time to join us during this busy stretch. Oh, Derek, I'm glad to be with you. It's an exciting time of the year as we graduate our students and send them off into the world. So it's a great time to talk and catch up on Baylor. Does it feel to you like May and the commencement always gets here as quickly as it does to the rest of us? It seems like the spring semester you blink and it's gone sometimes. Uh, we were talking about that at graduation and we could not believe it was already time for graduation. And, you know, the seniors are so happy to graduate, but they're also uh, sad to be leaving Baylor. So you hear some of that from them, too. It's like, I can't believe my last semester went so fast, but it's also such an exciting time with their families and everything. So uh Great time of year to celebrate our students. And lots to celebrate with our students and, and what's happening. And I'm curious, may, maybe three is an arbitrary number, but if you think of the academic year we just completed, are there two or three things that stand out to you about what the year that was? Well, you know, when you think about the whole year, I mean, some of the highlights, I love move-in when our freshmen come in the fall and it's just so exciting when they show up on campus for the first time with their families and their we're unloading their things in the residence halls and they're just so ready to go. And I, I find that such an invigorating and exciting time. You kind of book in that with graduation that we just had and uh, love to see sort of the completion of that. And I've been here long enough now that I met these students when they were freshmen and now I'm seeing them as they leave. And it's uh, just such a fun time to see that book in. But I would say kind of the other thing, and this is not a specific moment or experience, but just uh, when you're on campus during the year and you're seeing the students, whether it's just them going back and forth to class or whether it's at special events that we have, like, you know, the Thanksgiving dinner or Dia de Loso or whatever, you know, just to see the students and hear the experiences they're having and the, kind of watching their lives transform while they're at Baylor. Uh, it's, you know, being on a college campus is just a special experience and it's, it's a privilege to do it. And you look back on each academic year and they're special in different ways, but uh, this one was great. Students were engaged. They were active. Uh, it was a really good year for our students. And, you know, we ceremonially closed it out with uh, commencement, as you and I were just discussing. You know, I'm, I'm curious, are there aspects of commencement? I know you're pretty busy during it, but there are <laughs> yeah. aspects of commencement that maybe might go relatively unnoticed by the rest of us, but are aspects that are meaningful to you or just uh, impressive as you work with the people who make it happen? Yeah, I would, a couple things I would say. One, you know, and I always think there's like it takes like 50 faculty to pull off graduation that are ushers and marshals and they line the students up and they make sure they're where they're supposed to be. And, you know, they're kind of these, you know, hidden heroes that we could not pull off graduation without them. So we're deeply grateful for them. And you need that many at every single graduation. So it is, you know, quite an undertaking. And I don't think the average person in the audience sort of knows that about that. Um, I would say, and, and he, he's very front and center, but Sam Henderson reads our names now. Mm -hmm. And that is such a hard job. And he does such a good job. You know, he's not 100% accurate, but he's probably 99.5% accurate. 
And uh, it you do not take that job on as a, you know, you're not faint of heart if you agree <laughs> to read the names of graduation. Sure. And so I hope people appreciate the commitment he's making and uh, just how difficult that job is. Uh, I get to hand them a, a, a portfolio for their diploma. That's easy compared to what he's doing. Uh, but the other thing, this is actually just kind of fun. The people sitting on the stage, they like, watch the shoes that go by because they're sitting on the stage as all the students walk by. And so they they like to pick out the coolest shoes or the most interesting shoes or the most fun shoes. I don't actually see the shoes because I'm looking at the students and, and such. So it's always fun after each ceremony for them to talk about who had the best shoes as they walked across the stage. So that's probably fun. people in the audience don't pay much attention to that either. <laughs> no, that's some good inside baseball for what's going on <laughs> up there at uh, in front of the stage there. <laughs> That's great. Visiting with President Livingstone here on Baylor Connections. And President Livingstone, as uh, we look around the buildings here on campus, uh, you don't have to look far to see uh, construction and growth taking place. The Herd Welcome Center, the uh, Foster Pavilion. Uh, let's talk about the Welcome Center first. For the Mark and Paula Herd Welcome Center, grand opening is September 8th, but there's going to be plenty happening as it opens up uh, this summer, people moving in. So could you take us inside that, that building through your eyes? whether it's what you've seen already or, or what's to come, what are some things that most strike you about the Mark and Paula Heard Welcome Center? Well, it is going to be a fabulous new front door to campus. Uh, everybody needs to stop by once we open it uh, this fall uh, to experience it. And it is going to be an experience. And some things I would say about it, there's going to be some like really cool technology, those light towers, you know, you can actually go inside them and it will display wow. things in those and it will be kind of this immersive experience about Baylor that will be very cool for people. And so we're excited about that. Another cool part of the Herd Welcome Center is there's an auditorium and it has a big screen that comes down where we can project things, you know, stories about the university. But then when you raise it up, it's a glass window and you can look out from there at Pat F. Hall. And it's a very, very cool part of the building. So there's like cool stuff like that. But then it's going to have a spirit shop so you can buy Baylor swag. Uh, there's going to be a coffee shop. Um, we'll have banquet facilities, meeting facilities. The McLean Alumni Center will be there. So alumni can stop and get an ice cold Dr. Pepper and a clean bathroom along the way as they run down I-35. So uh, it's just going to be a fabulous facility. Everybody's going to be uh thrilled with it. And it just meets so many needs on our campus. We can't wait for it to be open. You know, I may be wrong, but I'm guessing if you visited a number of different institutions or businesses or places that had a welcome center, you might find, if you visited 10, you might find 10 slightly different approaches to yeah. it. What, what does a welcome center mean to us uh, here, here at Baylor? What, what, what does that, uh, what, what do we want that to experience to mean when, when people visit? Well, I think you can even frame it in the context of being a Christian university where we really want to welcome everybody to our campus and help them feel uh, the uh, sense of belonging and engagement and really the love of Christ because they've stepped on our campus. And so our Welcome Center is really designed to be a place for everybody. It's for certainly our prospective students. It's for our alumni but it will have uh, students will be able to use the space. Community will be able to use the space because it's right off of I-35. I anticipate we'll have a lot of people stop in just to visit and see it that have no connection whatsoever with Baylor. And it might be their first touch on the campus. So I think given where it's located, given the design, 
um, it's it's just a very open, welcoming place for anybody uh, on their way through Waco, on their way to Baylor. So we're excited about it and, and know everybody's going to really get that sense of welcome and care and love from Baylor when they visit that facility. And as we look ahead to the fall, I know we'll talk again. Uh, that September 8th weekend is going to be a lot of fun as we uh, open that up. Some, uh, some fun surprises in store as we visit with President Livingstone. And I want to ask you, uh, across I-35 now, the Paul and Alejandra Foster Pavilion. We've seen some fantastic pictures of people inside as of late, some the topping out ceremony a few weeks ago. Uh, how, how are things coming over there? Well, I had the privilege of touring it a few weeks ago when they were giving some tours uh, before the spring football game. It's going to be amazing. Uh, it's so intimate and um, there's not going to be a bad seat in the house. It's going to be great for fan engagement. It's going to be a fabulous home court advantage for our student athletes. Um, and the setting right there on the river is going to provide so many opportunities uh, for the city and for uh, connectedness with the city in ways we don't have at our current location. So uh, I, I, I'm excited about the, I think January 2nd, the men open there and January 3rd, the women have a game there. So we're starting, we're fast and furious for January mm -hmm. 1st to get that done and uh, have those early January games. And uh, that will be over the holidays when our students aren't around. So we want to pack that place out and welcome our teams to the new arena in, in fine Baylor fashion. That's great. So mark that on the calendar, January That's 2nd right. and January 3rd. We'll make it loud in there for sure. Hey, speaking of sports, uh, as, as this show airs, uh, softball is going to be about to uh, begin postseason play uh, in Salt Lake City <laughs> against Ole Miss in the Salt Lake Regional. Hey, they've really turned some heads nationally uh, in the spring. How, how have you been able to enjoy their success this season? It's been so fun uh, to watch them. You know, Coach Moore's been here for such a long time, and he's had some great teams through the years. But I think this team, in a way, surprised people a little bit. Uh, uh, and he's got quite a few transfers and some pretty young players. But obviously that went over OU early, the only loss for OU all year long. Uh, and then uh, they won several other against top five schools, including a sweeping University of Texas. Uh, which was enjoyable that last uh, series of the season. A little bit of a difficult time at the Big 12 tournament. But, you know, we're excited to see this team develop and uh, to perform in the postseason and uh, love the way the coaches on that team and the players on that team live out our Christian mission so well um, in, in certainly the way they play, but in the way they live their lives. So we're proud of that team, proud of all of our teams uh, and the way they represent Baylor. Yeah, they've been a, a recent highlight for sure, but there's been been plenty of excitement over the, the course of the year. It's probably hard to single out, but are there any uh, athletic moments or aspects in the past year that have stood out to you or been especially meaningful to you? Oh, gosh, there are so many. But, uh, I, you know, this was a, a really special moment, and you were probably at the game when Jonathan Chamwa Chachua came back to play, yeah. you know, none of us were sure he would actually get to play again this year. And that was such a special moment sure. when he walked on that court and got recognized by the fans and had a really great game, you know, and, and really helped us out uh, during that last part of the season. So that was special on a very personal level. You have to love our acrobatics and tumbling team winning their eighth straight national championship. That is hard to do no matter how good you are, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so kudos to Felicia Mulkey and the way she's built that program and sustained the success of that program as that sport has grown nationally and will continue to grow. And she's been such a force 
in making that an NCAA emerging sport and getting close to having enough teams to, to be a full-fledged NCAA sport. And then I think the other thing I would say, um, you know, uh, I was at graduation and we had a ton of student athletes walk the stage, ton of them. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, that's what you want for them. You want to have great success on the field or the court or the track, but at the end of the day, you want them to get a degree and to be able to walk that stage and be proud of that Baylor degree and um, had a lot of them do that this this graduation, every graduation. So that was really rewarding as well to see them walk at graduation. Yeah, very cool. They, uh, they represent the uh, university very well, along with the student body as a whole. Mm-hmm. This, is yeah. ba- this is Baylor Connections. We are visiting with Baylor University President Dr. Linda Livingstone and President Livingstone, as we uh, turn the page to June, uh, you're going to be ascending to the role of of Big 12 chair. You've talked a little bit about this on the program before, but for those who don't know, can you tell us a little bit about uh, that role and uh, what it's going to allow you to be a part of with the Big 12? Yeah. So uh, June 1st, as we finish our annual meeting of the Big 12 board, uh, I will take over as chair. I'm vice chair currently. Uh, Lawrence Skubnik, that's at uh, Texas Tech, is the current uh, chair of the board. Uh, Doug Gerard, who's the chancellor at Kansas, is the uh, treasurer. So he will step move into the vice chair role. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. I mean, you chair the board, and the board is made up of all of the presidents and chancellors of all of the Big 12 universities. So for next year, that will be 14 as we bring in the new schools, and, and we uh, OU and Texas remain for one more season in the conference. So we're excited about that next year and what that means. And, uh, you know, I think it's I, – I feel honored that the conference uh, – uh, feels like I can lead the conference and work with Brett Yormark as we continue to build the quality and the reputation of the conference. So uh, it'll be a big year ahead as we bring in new schools and work on that transition and a big year as we really continue to grow the brand and the profile of the conference on a national level. Well, you, you touched on what I was going to ask you, but maybe you could elaborate even a little bit more. What, what's exciting about uh, this time in the life of the Big 12 and maybe what's going to go into uh, integrating these new schools uh, into, into the Big 12 conference? Well, it's actually a big step to bring new schools and especially bringing four at the same time. Uh, I mean, just the scheduling and trying to figure out how to navigate that schedule. Now, presidents were not involved in that. The athletic directors get that fun task to do that. Um, But that's just a huge job, especially when you're, we decided not to go with divisions and then you got to figure out how to navigate that. And you've got a much broader geography now than we had before. So you've got to take that into consideration. Um, So, so that's a big task. Also just assimilating the leadership of the institutions into our structure, whether it's the presidents, the athletic directors, the senior women administrators, the, uh, faculty, athletic reps, the compliance folks. And we actually, uh, beginning a year ago, last June, at our last kind of annual meeting, we began inviting all of the new school's leadership to the Big 12 meetings and board meetings. And we did that on purpose so that they were really almost as if they were members of the conference a year in advance so they could meet people, get to know us, understand the things we were working on. So that when they started officially this summer, it wouldn't be like they were starting from scratch. And so the the four presidents have been fabulous and they've been active participants. When we went through the interview process for Brett Yormark, we hired him. They were not able to vote, but they were involved and they provided feedback and 
I really participated like everyone else in the process. So I think in this coming year, it will be just adjusting to, um, you know, 14 schools in the governance process instead of the 10 that we've had in the past and uh, continuing to assimilate them into the conference. Uh, but I think it's exciting because we're all getting to visit new places this year. So in football this year, we play Houston, we play, go to UCF, we go to uh, Cincinnati, uh, cities we haven't been to before, uh, teams we haven't been to. We're excited about going to Orlando. I think we're going to have a great crowd there and we hope we'll have a great crowd in Cincinnati. Uh, you know, we have eight home games this year, so uh, we don't have a lot of traveling to do. So we hope people will choose to travel when we are traveling this year. Uh, but that's going to be exciting and new teams coming to our place here in Waco over the coming year, both in all of our sports. I think it's just going to add some in interest and excitement to the conference. Lots going on for sure as we visit with President Livingstone and President Livingstone, let, let's shift gears a little bit and, and talk about strategic planning. Uh, the, we've seen some of your uh, communications to campus and boy, illuminate and illuminate forward. We've had some incredible successes uh, under that uh, that you've shared with us a lot over the years. But uh, we're, we're looking ahead now and uh, looking at, at a, a new strategic plan. C could you take us through what that is, what, what that mm -hmm. means for the university and, uh, and, and how you go about that? Yeah. Well, we've had such great success with Illuminate and uh, really built a great foundation on which to develop a new strategic plan. That plan was approved in spring of 2018 by our Board of Regents. And, um, and because we've had such good success, we're probably about a year ahead of schedule where we thought we would be going into a new strategic planning process. But I think that's just a tribute to uh, the Baylor community and, and all the support that we've gotten. And so, you know, each strategic plan you have builds on the ones before it. So Baylor 2012 was a foundation for Profuturus, which was a foundation for Illuminate. And now we're ready for the next one. We don't know what we're gonna call it yet. Um, but it really is, what's the roadmap for Baylor in kind of the next iteration of where we go from here. How do we strengthen our positioning as an R1 university? How do we strengthen our mission? How do we continue to support our students in significant ways and really advance our mission as a preeminent Christian research university? And we're unbelievably well positioned to do that. We're strong financially. Our fundraising has been unbelievably strong uh, over the course of the Give Light campaign. And so we're really excited about engaging the Baylor community in a conversation about what are those next big steps we can take? What are the next initiatives we need to be involved in that continue to uh, grow the impact that we have in the world as a Christian university? So excited about. Uh, the, the coming uh, activities that will really begin in the fall. We're doing a lot of planning this summer. See, there's going to be a great uh, interdisciplinary uh, team team involved. Yeah. Um, they're going to be helping shape this. What, what's that that look like? How, how do you all go about together undertaking such a massive project uh, the, the right way? And like you said, building on the successes of the past, looking in a new direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've got a great team that was selected to do that. Uh, the chairs of this, we call it the strategic planning group, are our provost, Nancy Brickhouse, and my chief of staff, uh, Tiffany Hogue. And they're leading a group that is uh, a diverse group of people from all across campus, faculty and staff. Uh, and we really identified people for that group that we believe uh, could uh, represent the university at a broad strategic level. They're really not on there to represent their units. They're on there to um, 
think and vision and plan for the university as a whole. And so we're excited about the group that's doing that. But we also know that we need broad feedback uh, from the broader Baylor family. And so next fall, really beginning in August through probably November up to Thanksgiving, we will be doing listening sessions across campus with uh, constituent groups and others to really help us think about where we are, where we want to go, and what some of those opportunities are. We are using an outside consultant to work with us, Todd Bolsinger. He's a, a professor at Fuller Seminary. Uh, he's written a couple of books, uh, Canoeing the Mountain and Tempered Resilience, I would uh, commend to anyone. And they're really about how you navigate um, in difficult times and, and how you build resilience, uh, both individually and organizationally to be successful in the long run in turbulent times. And we know the world we're in right now is pretty turbulent. So we've worked with Todd a lot at Baylor and uh, he and some of his colleagues uh, do work a lot with churches, but with other organizations on strategic planning. So we're excited about that. Our goal, of course, is to uh, have a plan to present to our regents to affirm and accept in May of 2024. Uh, so it's a pretty aggressive timeline, but we believe we can do it and that it will accomplish what we need to to set us on a path to continue to build on the wonderful work of Illuminate. Great. So I know there'll be a lot of communications about this, but the Baylor mm -hmm. family can be looking at those listening sessions and mm -hmm. really more a discussion about it as we as we head into the fall. Visiting with President Livingstone and President Livingstone, as we had in the final few minutes, I want to ask you about Lady, our, our beloved mascot graduated earlier this month. And uh, it was a special moment in a lot of ways. I'm just curious for you, how did, how did it feel to see the Baylor family's outpouring of, of love to her during this time? Well, our bears are so special on this campus, and they've always been much loved by the Baylor family. Of course, we uh, were so sad to lose Joy last summer and then uh, it really then provides a special opportunity to graduate Lady and move her on to retirement that's much deserved. Um, I do commend people to the uh, video that we shared at graduation about Lady receiving a alumni bear choice decree because she's been such an important member of the Baylor family. It's a wonderful tribute to, to Lady, but um, the outpouring of love and the reaction we got at the ceremony to the video was just spectacular. And uh, we're, you know, we're, um, we will wish Lady well. She will be very, very well taken care of in her new habitat. Uh, and then we'll certainly look forward to welcoming some new cubs in the not too distant mm -hmm. future. You know, you're you're looking for 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 the right time and the right place for 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 lady. Uh, you know, this is a broad question, but just what what goes into kind of making that decision and finding doing what's right for her? Yeah, well, it's a you do take it very seriously, um, and so we of course have our uh, bear trainers that know the bears so well because they you know take care of them really 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. So they they have a good sense of how the bears are doing and how they're aging. Uh, we of course have veterinarians at Texas A&M that are dear and uh, close colleagues and help us understand, you know, when it's going to be the right time. So it's a very thoughtful decision. We don't take it lightly, but we're also trying to do what's in the best interest uh, of ladies health and well-being. And she's 22 and bears in captivity usually live 20 to 25 years. And so we've been very, very fortunate that Lady and Joy lived uh, such long, healthy lives in captivity. So we feel like 
with the advice of some experts in this area that now's the right time for her to transition while uh, she's still doing well and can enjoy that retirement and probably be a little less, uh, she will not be visible to the public and won't have to sort of perform and do some of the things that probably become harder and harder as, as she ages. So uh, it's going to be a, a what lovely retirement for her, and she will be uh, well taken care of and continue to be much loved by our bear trainers. That's great. Well, I know you're probably getting a lot of questions, or people are anyway, about, well, well what's next? I know Baylor's uh, in the process of uh, examining that. What does that look like, welcoming new bears to campus when the time comes? Well, it's a pretty uh, involved process. Uh, we actually have a committee that's been working on this for uh a number of months as we realized it was time to retire lady and think about bringing new cubs on board. And we always uh, go through this process very thoughtfully. Again, it's been years since we've done it. We work with um, uh, bear rescue programs around the country to identify uh, cubs that uh, have either been abandoned or aboard in captivity and cannot be released into the wild safely. Uh, so we're really giving cubs opportunities to to live in a very healthy and safe environment in a certified zoo and bears that could not live and survive in the wild we have an expert uh, we work with who lives in california that has worked with us and is working to help us select cubs uh, you have to be very thoughtful you want to know their genealogy you want to know their temperaments you want to have a good sense of how they're going to engage when they're in, in the public eye a lot, even though they're not physically with people, they're out in a habitat with lots of people going by. So, so selecting the right cubs is actually a pretty in-depth process uh, because you want ones that have the right temperament to be in the setting that we're going to be in. And then once the cubs are selected, there's an acclimation process where they're taken away from their mothers, uh, you know, weaned from their mothers. Uh, begin to get acclimated to new settings. Um, and so there's it's a multi-stage process to do that before we actually bring them to the habitat on campus. Uh, the other piece of it is um, cubs need a different type of security on their habitat than older bears. So Lady and Joy could not, didn't climb anymore. They were too big to do a lot of climbing. Cubs climb a lot. <laughs> and so we are having to do work on our habitat to make sure that the cubs stay in the habitat. That will be a high priority for us. <clears throat> Bear cubs, uh, I did not know this. They are much like human babies. They actually have to be bottle fed for a full year. So, and they eat a lot apparently. And so just the care of bear cubs versus the care of adult bears is very different. Uh, and it's a very, um, high touch activity in terms of the time and energy and everything that it takes. So we're working through all of those aspects so that when we do have cubs on board and here, uh, we have the habitat in place, we have the, the plan in place to ensure that they're cared for in a very healthy and safe way. And, and it'll be wonderful to have cubs. It will help us continue our uh, program of education, of uh, stewardship, um, and uh, so we're, we're excited about that prospect and, and hopefully we'll have an announcement fairly soon for the community about uh, what's happening next with Cubs. Well, that's gonna be a, a lot of fun, a lot, very exciting to, to welcome them to campus when the time comes and obviously a lot of really thorough work has gone into that. Well, President Livingstone, oh, we covered a lot of ground here. Thanks so much for taking the time to visit with us today as always and hope it's a, a great summer ahead for you and your team. Hey, thanks, Derek. Always good to talk to you. You as well, appreciate it.
Baylor University President Dr. Linda Livingstone, our guest today on Baylor Connections. I'm Derek Smith. Reminder, you can hear this program online, baylor.edu slash connections, and you can subscribe to the program on iTunes. Thanks for joining us on Baylor Connections.